hello. Welcome to Misadventures, a Gloomhaven podcast brought to you by Gamer Public Radio. This episode contains spoilers for scenario number 41 and scenario number 66. This episode also contains spoilers for class number 15 and class number 17. Please enjoy responsibly. So there we were. Fighting oozes again? How did we get into this situation? We have actively avoided these things for a while now. We didn't see this coming. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Misadventures. Good to have you back with us. Uh, just a quick reminder, as we, we begin all our episodes, we'll go around the room here. Uh, I am Casey. I'm playing Etu the Brute. I'm Garrett. I am playing Herd Nerfer the Scoundrel. I am Skip. I'm playing the... Sawbones, DJ Bloodright. And I'm Steve. I'm playing as the Vermling Bear Combo, Roman Coke. For one last glorious time. Mm. Last ride. Last job, man. Last job before retirement. Last day on the force. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually going to miss him. Even though we had our Aww. spats. It's I mean, going to be weird going to smell back to, better. To not cheesing every scenario. It's, it's going right, to be We have to like walk through time. rooms now. That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't approve or run. Um, some some people anyway. Yeah. Or uh, the plan. <laughs> the plan here tonight is to finish off the voice quest line and then take a much deserved vacation to a nice little place I've heard about called the Clockwork Cove. Mm-hmm. That sounds relaxing. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Machines, a tinkerer would love the it there. Yeah, Just exactly. Wouldn't that be fun if we show up there and he's like sitting? With like a little beach. tropical drink, yeah, man, yeah. With it, with the little, uh, the little thing we melding back. He's playing fiddling with it. <laughs> His robot butler. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's dive on in. Um, we get to wrap up the voice scenario. We've got one last thing. It was kind of a link scenario, so we we fin- we went to some ancient. Uh, what was the name of that one? Ancient Defense Network, and then that leads down into the Time Worn Tomb, and so we just got to get through the Time Worn Tomb. All we got to do... Real quick, Casey. Sorry to cut you off right there, but we do have to make one session note about this. Okay. (laughs) I believe that day was Skip's son's birthday. Happy birthday! And he chose to spend that evening with us because of how much he loves this game. That's right. I've never been more proud. (laughs) I I did spend some time with my son, too. Don't don't think I'm that bad of a parent. I'm not (laughs) denying it if someone's calling me that, but... I mean, I you spent the rest of the day with him. I mean, like, it's yeah, yeah. you didn't ignore him. And all of next come there day. For the, so. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he can stop anytime as soon as we run out of scenarios to play. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, this uh, this scenario, stone golems, living spirits, living corpses, ancient artillery. All we got to do is get to the last room. Mm-hmm. And get to a, a certain spot on the map and we escape. But you have to escape one person at a time. So somebody has to end their turn on that spot, climb up a ladder, and then they're done. So you get to the final room and um, then you got to sit there for a while. So it was interesting. Which instantly um, kills my whole thing of like, Casey's like, oh, we just have to get to the end of the room. And I'm like, oh, here we go, running shoes. It's like, no, we <laughs> all have to get there. <laughs> yep. Um, also, like room one sucked. Like terribly, yep. have to leave immediately. There were two elite and four normal ancient artilleries. They all in had the range room. We start. Us. 
in the middle of the room. Just just There's, the side of like, it was awful. <laughs> awful looking. Yeah. yeah, like the setup was like we dropped down, you know, through the ceiling and we're just surrounded by turrets. It was horrifying. And so most of us were like, hey, we need to get out of this room. We're going to go really fast and get out of this room. Um, others were like, hey, we really need to get out of this room. We're going to go like medium speed and get out of this room. We, hey, as Unf- fast as we could. Yeah. You say <laughs> Fortunately. I, I'm I pretty sure the cannons actually got a decent initiative up front because they, they did. Mine's not they super did. slow, but <laughs> I still got outpaced by them. That sucked. Yeah. So the, the cannons went a little bit fast. Uh, Herdnerfer and Etu got through the door, which of course there's like an elite living corpse right on the other side of it. We, we go barreling through into that room. Well, Rum, Rum did it first, by the way, too. I used his movement. Oh, for he that did. Because I needed to yeah. pop a door for the, the challenge that time. Uh, but he kept wanting to go back to the cannons on his auto move, and it was it was rough. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, Coke and DJ Bloodright were still in the room when the cannons went off, and the cannons immobilized. Yep, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a little bit of a problem. I, yeah. for a minute there, I legitimately thought that we might be losing the scenario in room one. Cause I just, you know, they're both squishy characters, they're both stun locked in there or rooted or whatever. And just, Oh, uh, I didn't, I didn't yeah. see that going well. And we put, we pulled it out. Now, I, I totally, did go well. Go ahead. Skip. I was, I was going to say, I chose the, uh, the, the worst initiative in that because I didn't want to open the door because I think <laughs> I, I seem to recall, I have a really good initiative, but I didn't want to go first, even though, I assume Tots probably would have gone before me. So for whatever reason, I chose the bad, bad initiative choice. And that, that hurt me. Some uh, what did sucked. What, what did immediately go well is I went barreling into that second room with my uh, move four, push three. Mm-hmm. So there was a, there was a pressure plate we had to hit in that second room and it was surrounded by six damage traps. So I used my push three to push one bad guy into three of them and then used my compass to move another bad guy onto two of them. Five of the six were instantly disarmed and we killed a couple dudes. It was beautiful. It was easy. Peasy. It was like in those animes where like somebody shoulder checks somebody and they go flying backwards through walls. <laughs> yeah. This is just like my Japanese anime. <laughs> it was really bad. So the second room was interesting because there was two living spirits and three living corpses in there. But as soon as somebody stepped on that pressure plate, four more cannons and two golems came out. Um, they were spawned in. They was they used the spawning rules. Yep. Which we cheesed to the highest extent. But we'll get to that in a minute because right now we've got half our people about to die in room one with the cannon. But we we handled that though because uh, Coke's still in the game for this scenario, and we got that swap card. So we went with the play of swapping DJ Bloodright with one of the remaining living spirits while Coke just mm-hmm. threw down the invisibility cloak. And it ended mm, up love that invisibility cloak. It was nice. It it saved our butts. We oh, probably yeah. would not have survived otherwise. No. Um and at this point, I think Herds made it to the back of room two. Like he stabbed one of the spirits, disarmed the remaining trap. DJ Bloodright's well, back there. Yeah. Before that, like my my whole card, the um, uh, battle card was to disarm a trap or step on a trap, whichever. Mm-hmm. And with all the animosity that was going on between me and the bear, I chose to actually heal the bear instead of disarming the trap and take the stun. Just wanted to let the, everybody know that. 
which yeah. might I mean, or might he, not have come back later. his kid's birthday, but... but he's still a saint, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I was passing birthday. up on the check mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which Rum appreciated before he died. Yes. I'm pretty he, sure I hit yeah, him he, like three times that, that game with my big heel that damages me. So, yeah, I, I was trying to you know make peace with him on his last trip. <laughs> Dude, I yeah. think he was straight up suicidal because he kept running back into that cannon room. <laughs> he did. Oh, I'm gonna ruin everything in here. So we made it to the second room, but we still had to be quick because a handful of cannons could still see us from the first room, and that it was, was the, the elites the too. Ones. Yeah. So we made pretty short work of the other three guys in there, though. And then, okay, so here's the deal: we we knew there was a bunch of stuff spawning in this room. The four cannons weren't going to actually get to spawn because we didn't kill any of the ancient artillery in the first room. So there was no figures left for them to spawn in. And then we knew where the golems were going to spawn in. So I went and stood on one of those spots. DJ Bloodright went and stood on the other. And then Herd Nerford stood on the pressure plate. So when it came time to spawn those, the spot they were supposed to spawn was blocked. Nothing spawned in the room. It was beautiful. Yeah. I felt real good about it. Tactical masterpiece. <laughs> Definitely in the spirit of the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The, the the game deserved it for what it was about to do to us in the next scenario. Uh, yeah. Yep. I'd say we are even. But then we, we um, get the third door open. And uh, there was all elites. It was a golem and two spirits, right? Yeah. Surrounding the extraction point. And there's also a treasure chest in there. Mm-hmm. I think we found out what was in that treasure chest too at one point, but I guess we'll get to that. We did. And in an ironic twist of fate, like the door opens and of course I've got my gotta go fast going on and everyone's like, Hey, you know, since you can get out, why don't you just go ahead and leave? I know it was weird. Yeah. Like it was the one time I had permission. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, So I'm pretty sure I went in there and stunned the golem immediately just to make sure yep. we didn't have to deal with him too much. Which, we could focus on the spirits. Which was nice because Coke was like, he didn't have enough moves to make it all the way to the end. So he ended up like right next to the golem. Yeah. Meanwhile, Rum is running back into the cannon room. And I think this was the turn he died. Just one scenario away from retirement. That's right. He's just about to retire and he just took one for the team. He didn't have anything to go home to. He's like, look, this is all I've ever known. <laughs> you know, I'm going to die like I lived. In a hail of cannon fire? Oh, yeah. Yes. Didn't the uh, didn't the uh, the golem actually pull me in after he got unstunned? Because it took me a while to get into that room. He did. Yeah, he yeah, me I was gonna... You had to turn around and start messing with him again. My guy yeah, is such a punching bag. <laughs> on his way out, Coke did a little a little liver stab. Tossed you a shield, gave you a nice little verbaling yeah. salute. You guys had a moment, <laughs> and then he was never seen yeah. again. You gave, it was weird. There was only one finger in that salute. I don't. It must be. <laughs> like yeah, it's thing. a verbaling thing. They only have like three fingers. Like, yeah, no <laughs> Yep, they only show one. Ever. Right. I mean, yeah. it's just it's so rude. <laughs> So while Coke was climbing up the ladder, DJ Bloodright was like a uh, chest. I always like let's go grab the What'd chest. You find in there, by the way. Uh, just a bunch of you know rock candy and nothing. Oh, big. really? Yeah, I remember something yeah. more explosive than that, yeah. like an explosion. <laughs> yeah, it was an explosive rock candy, and you know when I tried to you know chew on it, it didn't work out so well. Shit. Great explosive. I like the idea though that like you open the chest and then it's just like, <sighs> and you know, then you yeah. up the ladder. 
I'm almost positive this is the only chest DJ Bloodright has ever opened. Whereas my my last one, oh, you know, he was jumping for him left and right. This is the only one I've ever opened, and uh, I think it's probably the only one I'm ever going to open now. That's stupid <laughs> chest. Well, that's like the third that, explosive one that you've makes opened. Me wonder, right? What's that? I think that's the third explosive one you have opened throughout oh, yeah. the uh, twelve. I think so. <laughs> it's that that does raise a question though. I'm curious. Like, if you have a loot too, mm-hmm. so you're like away from the chest, and you do a loot too. Um, would you be damaged by that explosion? Ooh, still, good question. I, I think I think so. I feel like you're like sucking the loot into you. I probably have to check yeah. the book though. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, then DJ Bloodright went out, and I, I brought up the rear, held the the creatures at bay, and then climbed up at the end. Very heroic. And guys, yeah, that's nice. I mean, you didn't lay no, down your no. life, but uh, it's cool. Next best thing. I stayed alive to lay, lay down my we, life another time. You don't make it to level nine by taking we risks. Barely made it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell you what, guys, this whole uh, kind of time scenario uh, group that we just finished up quest line, I guess, is the the right word I'm looking for there. The, some really good rewards at the end of that bad boy. Um, that's the most rewards I've ever seen. Just yeah. piling it on. It was definitely the best we've ever had, and uh, Rum and Coke, you know, was, got all those great perks and then vanished. I was really glad for that. Yeah, actually, that this was Rum and Coke's last scenario, so that they could benefit yeah. from those perks right before yeah. they retired. <laughs> no, that was that was so a, good. I, I thought that was a pretty fun scenario, uh, which anything seems like fun compared to the next scenario. Uh, but not to get ahead of ourselves there. Oh yeah, we, we, first we got to mm. we got to know what's cooking. All right, so this week, uh, yeah, we had a going away lunch with a friend at a Mexican restaurant, so we were all kind of full already. <laughs> so we're keeping it kind of light, and we made fried plantain bruschetta. So we had uh, like fried plantain, salted, and then like a slice of mozzarella with some prosciutto on top and uh, balsamic glaze. I was winging it a bit. Yeah, but that okay. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, yes. Casey liked it. I asked for more after they were done, uh, <laughs> hoping they were hidden somewhere. But. <laughs> uh, we also had the the backup plan of uh, pita chips and black bean hummus because I know how to keep Casey happy with that. Yeah, I don't think we've gone a game without that in a long time. Mm-hmm. That was good. But uh, dessert was pretty awesome too. Did you get any of that? By the I way, did. Tots? I got there yeah. right as it was getting busted out. And uh, got Skip. You want to talk uh, about it? That? Was a stuffed French toast pocket with uh, a cream cheese and honey cinnamon uh, filling with a uh, 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 super good powdered sugar and syrup. So it was like a like a, a pocket um, pancake, basically a French toast pocket pancake. Basically, it was uh, it wasn't bad. It was very heavy. I was not expecting <laughs> that that much, but. Yeah, when you when you when you told yeah. me ahead of time that you were making that, that's when I was like, okay, we're gonna have like Mexican on one end, bookended by like stuffed French toast. I can't go crazy on making a big dinner because it's yep. just gonna kill us. You can't get the itis at the table and start yeah, falling really asleep. Good. Like that's bad form. <laughs> I think I think the real idea at these at these now is really to uh, see how many wives we can piss off with it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve's topping the chart. <laughs> the, 
<laughs> all this awesome food because I showed the uh, picture of the, the fried plantains to my wife and yeah, she was super jealous, yeah. dude. It was it was good. I couldn't explain. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't do it justice can... how good it actually was either. <laughs> it was fantastic. All right then. One of these days, I'm gonna have to actually like have a house, and we can just have families over while we're <laughs> oh, playing. That sounds terrible. Like that's that gets rid of the entire point. I don't. What are you talking about? <laughs> they could have a different room. Then Skip has to hang out with his son on his birthday. Like, <laughs> oh God! I hope we finish this game in a year. Uh, ah, so shall we get to? Uh, probably my least you favorite mean our, scenario our vacation? that we've played so far. Yeah. Well, first of all, we've got a we're bringing a new friend along on this vacation. We are. That's true. So Roman Coke retired, and I was looking through the things. I wasn't super enthused about some of the classes we had unlocked, so I ended up going back to one of the starter classes, the Crag. Now, not to say what the class and, uh, is and spoil it, but you did unlock another advanced class uh, with your life goal completion. I did. Uh, Concentric circles. Yes. Yes, yeah. I did. Yes. Um, so you're. I didn't know that it was going to work for our group in our current, like, like where we are in the scenario. Yes. I guess is the best uh, way to put we it. We also have the sun symbol class unlocked that no one has played yet. Yep. I was thinking about it, but I know I know you've kind of been wanting that one, Casey. I will take that one if the Triforce is no good, assuming I ever retire. <laughs> Which looks right. unlikely. But that was the thing. I was like I was I was kinda iffy on it. I was like, eh, it might be interesting, but you know, if you retire and wanted that one, I didn't want to like hold that up. And plus the Crackheart looked kinda interesting. And you have embraced the Crackheart life, man. Well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I've embraced the Crackheart, not necessarily the Savas life, because they're you know very, very brutish and and barbaric, yeah. right? Not my guy. He's well educated, very well spoken, a man of many words. His name is Loquacious James, and he's ready to rock. Yeah, I, I will say you took to this character so almost instantly. Like as far as like uh, just the amount of joy you had playing with his abilities. Well, it was cool because you know like um. When we started in, I was taking long on these turns to kind of pick my cards because uh, I hadn't put decks together before the scenario or anything like that. So I'm just kind of throwing this stuff in. And it took a little bit of time, but I was able to kind of figure out how you're supposed to play them, which was really nice. And I mean, it'll, yeah, we'll get into that, I guess, in the scenario. Um, okay. So going into the scenario, Clockwork Cove, uh, by the way, I just noticed something, guys, looking at the scenario book that might let y'all breathe a little bit easier. Uh, there's a note on this scenario. Guest don't play. Guest design by Matthew G. Summers. Well, Matthew Summers, if you're listening, screw you, dude. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Man. So, so here's the deal. It's called Clockwork Cove, right? I have I have ideas of what we're going to run into there in my mind. It seems cool. Yeah, like automatons. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be cool. It's going to be a cool little thematic thing. There's oozes, guys. There are oozes in the Clockwork Cove. Like primarily oozes. And water tiles. Lots of water tiles. First round. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like oozes. The party poopers do not like oozes. No. Not big fans. Now you got yeah, your oozes in my really... clockwork and we got a problem. 
There were so many water tiles because we traveled by boat. This did not require a road scenario or anything. We went sailed from Gloomhaven to the Clockwork Cove. Yeah. We thought it was going to be cool. We didn't expect oozes. We were not. And then just the, the, the overall layout of sort of the, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but the piggybacking we had to do was really frustrating. I will say it's it was an interesting, like, I generally praise the game when it gives me fresh takes on scenarios, and this was a fresh take on a scenario. And it I don't feel was. like that twist is really what bogged us down. It was just some other things in the game that were causing us some problems. But we'll get there. Yep. Um, so yeah, the first room is nothing but oozes and water tiles. Okay, and so here, and then there's a door, but there's a pressure plate you have to hit to open the door. No big deal. Mm-hmm. We, we know how pressure plates work. We can do that. We tear in hard on these oozes, though. Like we don't, we do not want them to split. No, out. we right don't face for sure. They don't split at all. We kill five oozes, four oozes without them splitting. So go team. Mm. Mm, felt good. Um, heard, I believe you stepped on that first pl- pressure plate, and I go barreling into the second room. Yep. And, you know, we had some really good momentum going at this point, right? After wrecking those oozes, we felt like, yep. you know, this looked like a nasty scenario, but things are going really good. Yeah. Uh, the second room has a couple of ancient artillery and a couple of living spirits. No problems. We can handle those. There's a, there's a twist, though, here. Because as soon as Heard steps off that pressure plate, that door's closing again. There's another pressure plate in that room. I need to end my turn on that to open, or somebody needs to end their turn on that to keep door one open. But then that also opens the next door. So to hold that door open, you're also inviting whatever's on the in the next room in. So you've got to kind of balance when you want to do that with how, how much of the stuff in room two do you want to handle first. Um... Yeah, it made things uh, pretty tricky moving forward. So, but on the bright side, it kept us clustered for DJ Bloodright's healing at some points. Yeah, yeah. and so I think I ended up on the second pressure plate long mm-hmm. enough for her to move in, and then DJ Bloodright stood back on the first pressure plate. I know we kind of swapped back and forth a little bit and got everybody in. Uh, Loquacious James started throwing rocks. This was this was like his aha moment, actually, because <laughs> I'm looking at all these things that are affecting obstacles, and I'm like, okay, what if there's no obstacles? And then I found the card. It's not a loss, and it makes three obstacles. <laughs> Game on. Yeah. yeah. I'm just hucking them at, like, cannons now. I'm asking in advance, like, Casey, you mind taking two damage? And you're like, just do it. Just do it. You're good. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm going to throw all these rocks now. All right. You go, and man. Yeah. We didn't realize, like, ahead of time that, that the Craghart, you know, he's not, like, coming in with a sword or a battle axe. No, he just throws rocks at people. That's his thing. He punches things, too. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the rocks. <laughs> I think he's got a bow. Or maybe it's just smaller rocks that he's throwing on his normal range attacks. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's got a wicked spiral, though. <laughs> so the uh, the third room is open while we're still dealing with the second room. Luckily, there are two traps um, on the other side of the door. And then there's a couple cannons, a couple oozes, and a couple of golems in that third room. So the golems, one of the golems has to move up on the pr- uh, one of the traps to attack us. And then I use my compass to move the other one onto the trap. So... Both of them have taken damage from the traps and they're standing next to the door. So as we're 
finishing up room two, we're able to quickly turn and kind of dispatch the golems on room three, which I believe, actually, if I recall, didn't I jump past the golems so that Loquacious could hit them with rocks? Yes. Yes, that was correct. I started, yeah, I have a move that lets me, uh, like, take nearby obstacles and move them to other locations within range four. Yeah, so you were able to damage both golems and a cannon, and so I moved back and started hitting oozes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I did take some damage for my troubles. Um, the third room was much the same as well. There's a pressure plate there that held open the door going from room two to room three. It also opened the door going from room three to room four. Um, room, the, the transition from room three to room four is where we really had problems. Yeah. Um, so room four had two more golems and it had cannons in there and it had oozes in there, but the golems were clogging up the doorway and we couldn't get behind them because the oozes were up behind them. And then there were cannons if we jumped too far in. So we stayed stuck at that door for a couple turns, three or four turns. Um, we, we made use of it though, because uh, like her danced on the plate basically to trigger the door and damage the golems in it. Yeah, yep. um, the pr- I also remember you, Steve, uh, right up at the the next door. You just took a mm-hmm. buttload of damage up front. Like once that door opened up, everything in there that yeah. had range they targeted you. And yep, yeah, that, that was um, not a happy time. And then like eventually that was going to happen to somebody else. I think it was going to happen to DJ Bloodride at another point. Like we, we just taken out the golems. We were about ready to move through. Yep. I was like, crap, DJ Bloodride's about to get, take a lot of damage. So I stepped up in front of him and took damage from the cannons and the oozes. And I was pretty spent. Like I was below four hit points. Um, yep. Is, is that when I actually uh, did the, the, the like mega heal bomb? Yep. That was that was your big heal drop. Yeah, yeah. where uh, it was uh, it was two cards. One allowed my heal to affect everybody adjacent to me, and then the other one was a heal seven, but I take two damage off it. So everybody healed seven, which was really nice. And I only um, I assumed I only lost two, but it yeah. helped my um, uh, it, my tanks. Even that wasn't enough for me though. There's a turn uh, later. Uh, like I had a backup. I, I went ahead, backed up, and stayed on pressure, the pressure plate in the third room, so that everybody could move yep. through because I was still really low on hit points. And then I had to use your med pack and the bottom of King of the Hill for another healer. Where were you moving with it? Just to keep <laughs> standing. <laughs> so you know you can use no. those to move, right? <laughs> <laughs> While we're doing this, so finally we get to the position where we've got the golems, you know, dead, and I decide I'm going to hop in and try and get on that last plate because, you know, once we get in there, then we just the goal is to stand on the final plate, um, which that was not the final plate that the plate in room four kept the door from from three open and opened the door to room five. So. You were as great. Well you as were, a few extra route doors. Yes, right? yeah, it opened two side doors. Two side doors. One connected to room three. One connected to room four. You were in good position to finish this off, but you could not get to the next room without somebody else getting into room four right. with you. Because if but I hop off that point. plate, the door shuts again, right? Yeah, there were still it, some threats in there too. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. and it wasn't going to be me because I was super low yeah. health. And when you open that door. Uh, when you hit that plate four, that opened a door in room four and a door in room three that both had treasure chests, but both also had living spirits. So, like, 
I had yeah. more guys encroaching on me, but I needed to stay on pressure plate C for a little bit longer. Yep. And it also opened that final room that had a cannon and some living spirits in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's when uh, DJ Bloodright and Loquacious James moved in on, on room four. Uh, and I think James got on the plate while Bloodright was tying up some oozes in the north section of the room. Right. Yeah. Oh, the original plan was for Bloodright to come in and get on the plate, but it worked out to where he could get down and stun a bunch of enemies and kind of help with that. Yeah. So some, kind of some living, James. There's some living spirits that came in from the side room. It was really they. They were the ones yeah. that they have range that would have been nasty. Yeah, James had clogged up the room a little bit, spawning more boulders, and probably should have talked <laughs> to one at that door. Yeah, because I was, you know, I got in there and I popped my invisibility cloak right away, as you do. But then the next turn, I'm taking all the hits while you guys are moving in. And I'm not very good at that. Yeah. So at this point, I didn't need to be on that pressure plate anymore. But I also didn't really do much good to move in because as soon as uh, we ended a turn on that last pressure plate, we won. So I went ahead and made a move past the living spirits in my room and hit the treasure chest. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to pause for two seconds because we're about to spoil what's in that treasure chest, and then I'm going to rave about it for about 10 seconds. So, guys, that chest had rocket boots. Rocket boots. I had just saved up like 160 gold to upgrade one of my move four cards with a jump. I wasted half that money buying rocket boots because we got the design for them here. Move plus three and a jump, and it refreshes on a long rest. I am so excited to rocket boot around for forever. <laughs> yeah, it's those are super dope. It was a good grab. It was worth risking an explosion. It was worth playing this entire <laughs> scenario with oozes. Yeah, I'd say I'd say we netted out at even. So yeah. um, that is one thing, Sir Matthew G. Summers did correctly. Put those bad boys he, in there. Did he make the design for the thing, or was he just given an item to put in there? I don't know what he did. I assume he set up the scenario. Um, I, d- I doubt he designed that item, but who knows? Let's give him credit for it just the same. Sure. Yep. <laughs> sure. Um, so anyway, uh, Hurd slides in, gets that last pressure plate, and uh, we win. Yeah, yeah, we did. That one took a long time, though. It did. We got really bogged down between rooms three and four. Like that was one of the nights we generally do three scenarios and we only did the two because of that. That scenario was, um, took so long. Yeah. It was kind of fitting, right? Cause rum and Coke were gone and not that they would have really changed the way we did things too much, but you know, the first scenario, well, there could have been some good swaps, but you know, Definitely. the first scenario out of the gate with them gone was one of the just most grindy battle of attrition, you know, slow moving dungeons we've had in a long time. Yep. If ever actually. So just to kind of highlight how much we miss them. Yes. You know, I I kind of, I've been thinking about this and this is a, a bit of an aside, but I would love to go back and play like the first two scenarios again. Like knowing <laughs> what we know now, you know? Well, you know, for the, the brute solo scenario, I had to play through the setup for the very first scenario, the very first session. Um, so let's see, yeah, scenario number one is the brute solo scenario, and it's set up for what a two-player run is, and I had okay. to beat it by myself. Oh wow! Hmm. And it was like, okay, cool, I could do that. So like, yeah, looking back, it would be interesting to go back and play that one again just to see so, how easily we handle it. So, Tots, were you saying you want to play the first two like as a spellweaver again, or with the rogue? <laughs> 
I would much rather use the rogue, but just okay. to, to re-experience those scenarios that we struggled with and just see, you know, knowing yeah. what we know now, would, will we just completely breeze through them? Are they nothing now? You know, mm-hmm. uh, are they on par with kind of what we do now? I'm, I seem to remember they were much more simple, but it's just, just a curiosity. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so in between these sessions, something we didn't really mention because I was waiting till the end, I leveled up from the stuff we got from The Voice. Uh, sure. And I also managed to complete every single, like, mission goal we got. So all told, I earned three perks in this session. Mm. And with that, I added in an invisible card in my attack draw. I added in uh, muddle cards and a second set of poison cards. So I've got before that, all my perks had basically been stripping all the negative stuff out of my deck. So now it's pretty much all zeros and, you know, pluses and a ton of ability cards mixed in with them. So I'm really curious to see how that plays out in the next few scenarios and see if it's going to hit as often as I feel like it will. Speaking of perks, uh, I was really happy to find this on um, Loquacious James' character sheet, is that he could ignore scenario effects. <laughs> that is probably my favorite perk. I mean, we we haven't seen a scenario effect in a while now, but yeah, when but they when they were there, up, yeah, yeah super they nice. suck. Typically, um, like a couple of curses or add three minus one garbage. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I can no longer level up or gain perks because I have maxed out my character. But yeah. I, th- <laughs> this whole curve, yeah this uh, this uh, scenario put me over six hundred XP. So I'm on the road to a thousand. Let's see if I get there before I find a sun demon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I hope so. Uh, oh, um, I did with my level up. I did a, a little bit of card swapping. And I can't remember right now off the top of my head which one I removed, but I remember what I added. Uh, And I added one called uh, Burning Oil. And I actually made a lot of use of it on the second scenario. And it is an attack four, range three. Excuse me, attack four, range three, with wound. And then if there's fire out, I get an XP. Because whatever. Uh, That's the top. The bottom is a loot two and get an XP. Neither of them are lost. And the only problem is it's a 95 initiative. Uh, it's not a huge problem, though, because like you can just play it with a four and you're fine. Right? Exactly. Exactly. The other card that was available this time was Crippling Poison. And the top one is add plus two attack to all your attacks targeting poisoned enemies. And that sounded really good to me, especially since I've put two sets of poison modifiers in my deck. The problem with it is it's a loss. Ah. And that doesn't seem good enough to me to be a loss. It's really specific, you know? Yeah. Uh, but the bottom of that card is an attack to poison and immobilize and get an XP, and it's not a loss. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, so that might actually end up making its way back in at some point. But all the cards I have now, pretty much the top and bottom, they're not losses, and I can use them regularly in a rotation and all kinds of combinations. This one's way more specific than kind of the way I have my deck built, you know. But awesome. Uh, anybody got anything else before we wrap this thing up? Uh, we should talk about Skip's app that he's working on. We should talk about the app. It it showed up in a big way this session. Ah. You want to chime in on that? After its alpha testing didn't it went so poorly, <laughs> um, 
So uh, yeah, it's just a, a initiative app that we can. It, it's 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 getting going. We'll put it that way. But you can put in any particular name and associated uh, uh, initiative with it so it'll reorder itself and there's uh, shortcuts to slide left slide right to exhaust uh, long rest or even you know turn is over and after each of them after the entire turn is over it also has um, it also modifies the element table sorry it has an element table along with it so you can trigger an element and after the turn is over it'll decrement itself so we don't get uh, lost in the oh is this element still out or you know we need to know this now. And um, so I was, I was managing that mostly because I forgot to charge my tablet that night before and uh, <laughs> it's that near me. And I, I punched in all the numbers and I've got it to a, a pretty de- reasonable pace. Uh, yeah. And it, so it's nice to the numbers. Like, like when we get into the heat of the, like drawing cards and combat and everything, it's really easy yeah. to forget the initiative. And yeah. So it's, it's been pretty helpful for that and yeah. definitely well, tracking these the elements. With the turn, yeah. really nice. Oh yeah. Well, with these last, I think it was the last two. We had at least like five or six different monster types. Yep. And with the four of us and in them, you know, I remember quite a few times at the beginning, like, okay, who went? You know, what were they at? We'd spend a little bit of time just trying to figure that out too. So it was it was a nice little handy thing. Yeah, I think it's definitely streamlined our play sessions a lot between using that and the like the book app that Casey uses, um, which name I have forgotten. But uh, the the one on my uh, tablet is the yeah. yeah. Hold on, <laughs> the Gloomhaven scenario viewer. Yes, those two yeah. things in combination have made our process a lot faster. We spend a lot more time actually playing now. Yep. Yep. So we've got two tablets running different apps on the table, but yeah, it's, it does speed some things up. So it's it's been nice to nice to have. It'll be curious to see where Skip's app goes from here. So I'm sure we can find other uses for it. Yeah, we, we can add some stuff. And eventually it, it probably will be released once everybody decides it's it's worthy of, you know, out it's to the public. There, man. It's, yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us once again. And please join us again next week when um, I, th- I have a feeling we're going to go hunt down some cultists next week because the uh, herd nerfer needs to needs to kill some cultists and bandits so we'll go we'll go look around for those we saw a lot of them early game haven't seen them in a while i'm kind of itching for it i'm really hoping uh, I can, before we sign off though i can huck rocks for the kills before you get them oh god <laughs> um just so everyone remembers we are twitter at gpub radio we are gamer public radio on facebook and we're misadventurespodcast.com and our sister podcast gamerpublicradio.com as well if you are into video game type things or uh tabletop and stuff we talk a little bit of that as well but much more non-specific than this uh, we are also on patreon patreon.com slash radio. funds from that go to hosting costs equipment and steve's wonderful meals so any help is greatly appreciated. Also on Spotify. Also on Spotify. You've been listening to Misadventures, a Gloomhaven podcast brought to you by Gamer Public Radio. Please join us every Friday for new episodes at misadventurespodcast.com or find us on your podcast application of choice. Music for this podcast is provided by Kevin McLeod. For more of Kevin's work, please check out incompetech.com. See you next time.